Who's he killed? Huh? Yeah, he asks that, and so Tyrion says he's he's slain Sir Robo Royce and Emin Kurt Kui 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 Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reading podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, reading a storm of swords. As always, I'm your host Zach, and sitting here in a red shirt. My brother Nate. Oh, I am wearing a red shirt. Which means you're disposable and killable, and you're probably going to die by the end of this episode. Sick. Damn. My plan finally comes to fruition. I haven't found you fruition. a replacement. Huh? I haven't found you a replacement. That's okay. Well, I suppose after our last recording that you already found one yourself with our last gu- with that guest that's coming up. That's where we're at in the, in the time frame here. We read A Song of Ice and Fire here, and then we like to talk about it and ponder what it means. Right. So if you joined us last episode, we were reading Jamie 5. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. And it was the bathhouse scene, yeah. which didn't just culminate in the bathhouse scene where he revealed the reasoning behind his decision to kill the mad King Ares. Kingslayer, get in uh, here. Which led to some intimate time intimate. with Brienne and him as she washed him clean. She cradled him like a little baby. Preparing him for their meal with Roose Bolton. Ew. I heart him. Not in a good way. Like, he's terrible. He's an awful person. I You're love the character. You're literally just tossing your love into an endless void. Right. So that did not go well for Brienne. Jamie will be sent to King's Landing. She will be kept here as Vargo Hote's reward. Yeah, the brilliance of Martin's writing was on display in that chapter in the Roose Bolton discussion as Jamie. It even takes Jamie because, you know, as the show says, Cersei says in the show that Jamie was always the stupidest Lannister, that... It takes Jamie a minute to kind of realize what Bolton is saying, but Bolton is very qu- clearly kind of saying, hey, yeah, fuck Rob Stark. I'm looking for an out here, and it's already very much so in the works, and, like, me and your dad are bros now, so, like, <laughs> you're good. And it's just so good because... Duskendale, dude? Duskendale. There's why. Hope nothing happens at Duskendale. But... This chapter, we are not reading Tyr- uh, Jamie. We are oh. are <laughs> reading Tyrion, number five. One Cinco. brother to another, and continuing the trend of Robert's rebellion in the sack of King's Landing, we get the uh, the fallout of yeah. Jamie Lannister's story in this Tyrion one. As uh, last we had left Tyrion, holy hollow hot minute. I don't even know, dude. Do you recall? Was that the wedding when he got married to Sansa? Was it just the wedding? I think it was the last chapter, but it's been so long ago. Hold on, listeners. Re- this is Zach's fault for coming unprepared. I, you it's have... his one responsibility is to make sure he's read up and knowledge on what the previous chapter was for each character. And here he is, rifling through his notes, same as I am. So we apologize for the delay in that. I found found it here guy let's see he was on the shore started out on the shore of the blackwater bay he was checking out the damage scoping it out where else we got here um i'm just going through these notes this is a whole chapter's worth of stuff so we get to see the ice melted down mm-hmm. and so he's having that that chat with his dear old daddy and is that where he tells him he's never going to get Casterly Rock? Fuck, that was that long ago. Yeah, huh? it was a hot minute. Yeah, yeah the, they discuss uh, Tyrion 
and his father have a, a very interesting conversation. Yeah, and they receive the note from the wall. Yeah, and they, yeah, they discuss the Night's Watch. They they discuss quite a few things. The Janos Slint, that sort of thing, going up to the wall. And but that's why it was so easily forgettable. It wasn't... Whoa! <laughs> it says the guy who took just as long as I did to find it in his notes. It was a very small chat with Tywin, for the most part. Like, a lot of big things they were discussing, but a very small moment. The fact that it was a whole chapter is... Like, because we just got spoiled with that Jamie chapter where it was the bathhouse and the whole meeting with Roose Bolton. True that. And so if it's just a, a chit-chat as big as that chat may be, there's some shit going down. So as you said, the fallout of the sacking of King's Tyrion Landing. Tyrion 5, Tyrion is awaiting the Dornish Lords outside King's Landing! Zach loves these Dornish Lords. One in particular. With him, <coughs> Lord Giles... Sits coughing. Sir Adam and Jalabarzo and Tyrion's like, yeah, I really wish like I, they weren't here because I didn't want them here. But it, Joffrey's been a racist cunt as of late towards the Dornish. And so Tywin thought it best that he doesn't greet these gentlemen. Alone. And that It'd be offensive if just Tyrion can't do it there. by himself. Right. So he sent these guys. Yeah, Joffrey... <laughs> Lols had been picking up some pretty lewd Dornishman jokes from the Tyrell men, as we know. There's some animosity there between those houses, and but not between Oberyn mm. and Willis. But and, uh, and Joffrey's been walking around telling this joke that he thinks is fucking hysterical. Would not be found funny by the Dornish, so therefore, yeah, Joffrey can't be out here doing his kingly duties as he should be, welcoming them both to his council and his wedding and his city. But one more failability of Joffrey Baratheon, excuse me, Lannister. So the banners begin to emerge from the green of the living wood from here to the river. But from here to the river, only bare black trees remained, a legacy to his battle, the Battle of the Blackwater, where he lit everything on fire. And I also want to point out that this dichotomy of colors here is also the colors of Tyrion's eyes, which are split between black and green, and I think very good reflection of his personality here. Zack thinks he's Two-Face from Batman. Ah, uh, I <laughs> think Tyrion has a duality that he thinks that he Tyrion. is on the green lush side of things, but actually he tends to burn things to the ground wherever he goes because hmm. he gives in to his impulses and anger. So when he's at his worst at the end dance and he happens to be coming across the Dragon Queen who has the capabilities of burning things to the ground, there's no chance that she may be swayed into burning things to the ground? Burn them all! Anyway... By the looks of it, Martell's brought half of the Dornish lords, which Tyrion finds absolutely nothing positive in, because, you know. Why are you flexing, y'all? Why are you? Why are you rolling the Dornishmen up? and the Tyrells into a pressure cooker, shake it up real good, and see what the fuck emerges, because this ought to be good. And Tyrion asks Bronn how many banners there are, and Bronn's kind of like, I don't know, it's a hard bunch. to see, the There's wind. There's a bunch of them. There's and Tyrion's like, yo, Pod? Pod, Pod. And no boy. how much taller Pod has gotten. Well, Potty Payne's growing up. I like Soon that. He'll I be like taller. that there was a, a dedicated note of that, that he's... Towering over everyone, uh, Tyrion like everyone else. He's going to need a proper person to squire Which, him. again, uh, Lady Brienne. way to not, you know, just be like, hey, the lad's growing. You got to make it about you and be like, oh, soon he's going to be able to fucking look down on me just like everyone else. Yeah, no, Tyrion's not bitter at all. <laughs> and so he... Tyrion had had Pod studying the Dornish heraldry, but so obviously he, yeah. Pod's nervous. Because so he quizzes he's Pod. him. Go, name him. Everyone, Bronn, help him. 
Bronn's also looking pretty decked out now. Yeah, in dude. his doublet and his sigil of the the burning chain. And he's bearing the the Lan- Lannister. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's bearing the Lannister. Pod's got the, the kings. Baratheon. Yeah. And yeah, they begin doing this fucking game show, and Pod starts listing off names: House Martell, House Dalt, House Blackmont, House Manwoody, House Corgile, House Man Uller, and like Tyrion's like, damn! Uh, if you can get them all. I'll get you a gift. And Pod continues on. House Hilarion, House Gargalen, House Jordan, and that's all of them. And Tyrion's like, damn, Pod, I couldn't have done that. And then thinks Once immediately, again, yeah, of I course could've. I could have. In my sleep, I could have. But like, it's best to boost the boy's confidence. I'd rather raise this kid up. Fuck you, Tyrion. Pod don't need you. I... I don't know, man. I very quickly in this reread have become disenfranchised with Tyrion. He used to be one of my favorites, but now it's much more... I mean, I still love the character because of the darkness in him, but I could, I just very much so clearly now see him as one of the villains. He's, right. he's not a good person. It's a bad person he, who has these moments of good questioning his own morality and, right, kind of a moment he, I mean, of he has his good intentions, but he also has his privilege, so he could, he, when he doesn't get his way, he fucking pouts. He's petty and spiteful, yeah. Martell brings formidable companions, Tyrion notes. Nine of the greatest lords of Dorns were now riding up the King's Road. There was a message here, and not one that Tyrion likes at all. Yeah, so he decides to ride up and greet them. Well, no, 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 because Pod, Pod fucking rolls a nat 20 oh, on his right. perception yeah. check, and uh, is like, no my litter. lord, there's no litter. And Tyrion's like, oh shit, he's right. Because this is where we learn, or if you're me and suck the dick of Dorn. Uh, Doran has gout and is well past 50, so he isn't doing much walking these days, which means he's damn near carried everywhere in a litter, which means Doran ain't here. And Tyrion's like, maybe he's delayed, maybe he didn't take a litter, so he was not set upon by brigands, because it's less ostentatious. Maybe he's gotten stronger. Nah, none of that shit, yo. None of so the then he above. decides that the curiosity gets the best of him, and they greet right out yep, fa- to greet them forward. sooner. Pod... Bronn flanking him, this sick little posse, riding out, and the Dornishmen do the same, seeing Tyrion, they spur up to meet him. The first King Darren had observed that there were three types of Dornishmen. Let's stereotype for a minute, folks. The salty, the sandy, and the stony. So you can extrapolate from that that the salty live near the sea. Huh. The sandy from the deserts. Not the beaches? And the stony... Uh-huh. Are smoking that good, good kush. So the woods? Yep. Mountains. We're Mountains, just kidding. Right. Fucking, we're just... Mountains. Uh, and all three seem well represented here in this group, Tyrion notes. Right. <clears throat> so they, they come up and greet each other. And the the prince... Oh, hold on. Riding the mount as if he was born there. The Dornish leader rode a stallion black as sin. With mane and tail, the color of fire. Red and black, Targaryen colors. Just saying. Uh, Doran's plan, you know, merging, mer- you know, the merging two houses. houses yeah. The two mm-hmm. houses. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. He All sat right. his saddle as if he was born there, tall, slim, graceful. Oh. Sun and spear of Martell on the shield he bore on his back. But ten years too young, Tyrion thinks. Too fit. And too fierce, he knew what he was dealing with then. Because there was a twitch in his pants. Because Tyrion is hard 
as a rock, uh-huh. as casterly rock, if you will. Right. Oberyn, mother, Oberyn, my doll is here. He knows how to make an entrance. Ah, uh, yeah. the true king of Westeros, the one true king of Westeros, not the king we deserve, but certainly the king we need. Oberyn, fucking Martell. Oh Westeros. yes. Oh my God, yes. Is this all day? So is the this is just like a temporary. Stop it. Position. We don't talk right? about the end when okay. we're just at the beginning. I, Fuck you. Uh, well. We do do that. We're a full spoiler reread. We do do. Oberon. 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 Uh-huh. Oberon, he greets him and then introduces his lords. Tyr- well, Tyrion has the great little thought of real when he realizes it's oh. Oberon, how many Dornishmen does it take to start a war? Only one. Only one. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Center? Just one. Oberyn. Right. He'll lick the shit out of that pop. And so Oberyn introduces, let's see if I can read my own writing here, Diesel Dalt of Lemonwood. Yeah. Traymond Gargalen. Dope. Harmon and Ulwick Uller. Ah! I also noticed that Uller there is very close to the, there's a, I believe it's a Norse god, Uller. Mm. And I just want to look more into that. I made a note of that. For yeah, myself. they're from Hellholt so. also, which, uh, you know. Kind of similar to Helheim, it does very right, much right. so seem in that Norse right, sort right, right. of pantheon house. Of that. That's yeah. cool. Uh, so then there's also Ryan Illyrian mm-hmm. and Damon Sand, the bastard of the gods' grace. Tight, I like that guy. Yep. I don't know anything. <laughs> then we get Dag- Dagos Manwoody and his brother Miles and his sons Moors and Dickon. Dickon. Yeah, see, it's not just House Tarly. And then finally, Aaron Cargyle. Myra Jordan heir to Tor, and Lara Blackmont. What's this here? Her uh, daughter, her daughter Janessa, and her son Peros. Janessa's son Peros. The one that Oberyn is dick on in, Alarius Sand, his paramour and the baddest bitch you've laid eyes on in King's Landing. Maybe besides Elia and Shataya. That's true. There's some bad bitches right there. Right, right. So Tyrion's like, Cersei's gonna flip a fucking gourd if Oberyn insists on bringing not only his paramour, but a bastard to, to, the, the, high king, to the high table at the king's the wedding. wedding. But Ugh. to seat her in the back is gonna offend Oberyn. So, like, what the fuck is Oberyn trying to do here? Is he just trying to start a war? Of course he's here to stir the fucking pot. So... I, I, oh, it's so good. So, he thinks on... <laughs> Tyrion introduces his host. This is fun. This feels dirty to even say some of these names. Uh, what we got first? Fl- Flemont Brax. <laughs> Giles Rosby. Sir Adam Marbrand. Adam's pretty all right. Yeah, he's... he's uh, Jalabar Joe, Harris Swift, Merlin Craighall, Philip Foote, and Braun of the Blackwater. And finally, my boy, Podrick Payne, my personal squire. Crickets. Lady Blackmont's like, yo, can we get to the city? Can I'm we tired. fucking go, Tyrion? Got it's it. hot and like We've been riding for like two weeks straight yeah, nonstop. Lady, you don't even know what that's like. Bitch. Lady Blackmont's a whole ass mood. Like, fucking can we just go? So, so Tyrion's like, Yeah, 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 let's go. They ride on and he begins thinking on Oberyn's reputation. Yeah, we get the story of Oberyn and his his <sighs> dastardly deeds. At sixteen, he was found a bed with Lauren Ironwood's wife. And a duel ensued to first blood. Both took some cuts, but 
Oberon recovered from his wounds. Whereas Lord Ironwoods festered and led to his fucking death, which led people to say that he had poisoned his weapons. Yuck. Giving him the nickname the Red Viper. Oh, I like that. I like that. That was nice. His legend had grown darker, of course, because he was only a boy when that occurred. He had traveled the free cities, learning poison and darker arts still, studied at the Citadel, going so far as to forge six links before growing bored and traveling on. He rode with the Second Sons, formed his own company. Just fuck it. Just cause. Bedded men and women both birthed the Sand Snakes, and then... Tyrion notes that it had been whispered that Oberyn had never fathered a son. This motherfucker, this motherfucker, did he ever encounter Euron? Like, I feel like he's the motherfucker that would have been in he those types of places. He probably fucked Euron. Yo, they probably fucked. They probably, like, Euron, you know, he was clearly into whatever he feels men like, and boys yeah. and weird shit. So, like, yeah, in maybe Volantis. they hooked up, yeah. In Valeria, fuck it. Oberon was just, like, already there, just just on a hammock. Sudden. Tell the Iron Islands I'm here. Tell them. (laughs) (laughs) So, and, of course, he crippled Willis, the heir to Highgarden. I love this little, that little drop we'll get here soon. So, yeah, Tyrion ruminates uh, that the, the Tyrell and the Dornishmen have always hated each other for a very, very long time, dating back to scorpions getting dropped from a bedchamber. Mm-hmm. Some some shit's always been brewing between these there two. There was literally nobody worse that you could have brought and sent to attend a Tyrell wedding. So Oberyn's like, we've met before, you know, hey. And Tyrion's like, eh, I don't think we did. And Oberyn's like, you were an infant. Ha, you wouldn't remember, bitch. <laughs> and, and Got him. Uh, <laughs> starts ruminating on the, the famous story. Again, fucking. When he was a demon monkey. <sighs> the show, dude. I, I just, I, I love, uh, his name is escaping me. God damn it. Oberyn? Yeah, the actor. I just blanked as well. Paid, uh, pa- yeah, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. He's Thank a lovely gem. He, yeah, he he nails it, and especially with this story, I think he he did fantastic. But Oberyn was fourteen or fifteen at the time, uh, cause yeah, uh, his Lord Father Tyrion uh, Tywin invited them, and at the time was hand to a different king, and then Tyrion, of course, cleverly thinks not so different as yeah, mm, I, I have that as you think. There. But uh, Oberyn was fourteen or fifteen at the time. Tyrion had just been born. It was right after Joanna died, and Tyrion's like, that's a really fucking odd time to be visiting, because... We happened to be at the Citadel, and so... Do you think that was when he was first looking into attending the Citadel? I think that's probably where it piqued his interest, of like, oh yeah, I could come here and learn some sweet shit. Right, like, and so they attended the the place, and it was fucking shit. The, well, was... this, this, we also, Tyrion ruminates quick that... Uh, this was right after Joanna died, and yeah. his uncle Gary had told him Uncle Gary's his favorite. The best part of Tywin Lannister that died. Tywin with changed Joanna. like irreparably after Joanna. There was something broken in Tywin from that point on, and it just we always knew he was a brutal, you know. I don't think strategic. it's it's as because I've I've heard a lot of people think he he was a. A loving, caring, well, no, 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 no. But he only and, like, smiled Cersei was for her. Still a little fucking cunt. Sure, but yeah, I think it's just that he only shared, you don't get saved to see his that. smiles yeah. for Joanna, and like there was a tenderness to Tywin. And I also, it just makes me wonder: is he tender with Shay? Like when he's hooking up with these sex workers, 
is he is it this sweet like weird gross oh sure it... he's he's because Tyrion's a direct reflection of Tywin and Ty- Tyrion just hear, needs right, to hear yeah, that Gemma. the king of you're my king you're my lion of Lannister uh, he, it's the exact ick. same shit ick. he is hearing the exact same words mirrored because that's right, what he but needs like, could you to... imagine like Tywin whispering like you know I am yours and you are mine and like that type yeah like, that's that... what he's doing I mean I, Ugh, it's hard to picture but that's exactly what disgusting. I think he's doing it's exactly so gross I but I think Joanna is such an interesting person just someone who could deal that's, with and it. that's to, exactly why he scorns Tyrion so harshly for it is because it's that that moment that he well, only yeah, I mean, with Tyrion Joanna. is literally like, as we learn here, as it's foretold, he's the personification of Tywin's sins. Literally, like he fornicates with whores, and clearly Tywin has the same fucking weakness. And that's dating back to his father when his father entertained sex workers, and one of them stole his mother's jewels and and everything like that. And Tywin had her marched around naked. It's it's a shameful thing for him that he tries to stuff down that Tyrion kind of parades and puts on display. But Uncle Gary is lost beyond the seas. Not so, not so lost, just shrouded, just shrouded. Anyway, they had been hearing all the tales of the monstrously hideous little demon monkey born in Casterly Rock. So they were really curious to check that thing out and go fucking see the horror show. And Cersei had... Tyrion was the the biggest disappointment of their trip to Casterly Rock. Oberyn didn't like any of it. And Tyrion's like, what did you expect of an infant? And Oberyn answers, enormity. Which I think is just an interesting one, hearkening back to A Game of Thrones when the Tyrion shadow is is cast as large as a king. Uh And Aemon Targaryen says that a giant has come among us at the end of the world that he expected enormity from Tyrion. And I just, that's an interesting, even though he is explaining, you are far famed, the people spoke of your birth, the monster born to Tywin, the king's hand, and what that omen might foretell. And they're like, yeah, no, Tywin had gotten too big for his britches. He put himself above the kings, and no one should be above the king but the gods. And you so were his you, punishment. You were his curse, his punishment. And Tyrion's like, I try. He has yet to listen, but do go on. And Oberyn says, you were said to have a tail like a pig. Your head was monstrous huge. You had black hair and beard, an evil eye and lion's claws, teeth so long your mouth couldn't close, the privates of both a girl and a boy. You were never seen at table or hall while we were there, but we could hear you wailing for hours, and nothing would quiet you but a teat. And Tyrion's like, still true. <laughs> and Oberyn's like, hey. hey. And then says, you know what, man, it would have been great to be able to fuck myself. And, you know, I'm making all sorts of jokes about the stories. And he's like... Important bit, uh, Oberyn tells a little anecdote that uh, Lord Gargalen told him that he hoped to die with sword in hand. Oberyn wants to die with a breast in his... We only bring that up because it comes back around as Tyrion drops a pretty bombshell line at the end. But, yeah, Tyrion and then, yeah. But Cersei's like, hey, I'll show you the little demon monkey. And Ellie is like, hell yeah, that sounds sweet. So the day before we were to leave, she took us to your nursery with your brother. This is just fucked up. Cersei's savage in yeah, every way. And the wet nurse, first of all, because she's like, get the fuck out. Get out, you milk cow. You don't need a tongue to fucking squirt I'll milk have out it of cut your the udders. fuck out. Whoa. Jesus. And then 
she shows them the baby. He's mine, she says about Tyrion when the wet nurse tries to tell them to get out. He's mine, and then fuck you, you milk cow. And Tyrion's like, he's mine. That's Cersei claiming ownership. That's really, that's what fucking creeps me out is like the he's mine. He's my little monster to do with as I please yeah. and torture and like you were a sociopath at like fucking 12 Cersei and that's scary. But yeah, she undoes his swaddling clothes to give them a better look. He says you had an evil eye and some black fuzz on your head to be sure but no tail, beard, claws or teeth and only a tiny pink cock between your legs. Elliot even cooed the same noise that they make girls make over dogs or kittens. Right. She was like, oh, the baby. A baby. And Cersei just fucking rips at his cock. When I commented, you seemed a poor sort of monster. Your sister said he killed my mother and she twisted your little cock so hard I thought she was like to pull it off. And she only stopped. You shrieked, but she only stopped once Jamie stepped in. And then she said, it doesn't matter. Everyone says he's like to die soon. He shouldn't have even lived this long. And Tyrion goes cold all over. So I think this is the realization for him that there will never, they never have had or will have a chance to be Be, siblings. Cersei has this, has had this ownership of his torment since he was born and this claim to him that, and it almost is a reflection of that protective uh, older sibling of only I can call my brother a fucking idiot. If you do it, I'm going to step in and we're going to have some issues type of thing. But with Cersei, it's a... Only I can torment him. Otherwise, I sort of present the Lion of Lannister thing to a degree because she doesn't certainly jump in to rescue Tyrion in any of the shit he gets into. But it's just that twisted, like, from the get-go. They never had a chance to be siblings. They never will have a chance. And to me, it's almost that this ends up with one of them dead. Like, they these two cannot exist. One neither, neither can, can live, live while, while the other survives. survives. <laughs> like it, it's fucking that. Like they're just there's too much animosity Jamie and, here. And Cersei are the twins, but these two are the ones who have their linked coexistences fucking at jeopardy. So Tyrion wonders why Oberyn's telling him this story. Is it just to pull his cock as Cersei did? And he says he did have a tail, but Tywin had it cut off. And Oberyn says, you've grown more amusing since we've last met. But he asks him then about Tyrion's new tax on the sex workers in the city. And Tyrion's pissed about that because that's not his law. That's Tywin's law to help pay for the wedding and put a little more coin into the city. But as the master of coin, he's taken all the blame for it. They're calling it the, what is it, the the imps tax? The, The imps penny? That's it, yeah. Yeah. Oberyn says that even a prince must pay his taxes, so he'll be sure to keep them out to pennies <laughs> near him. And well, Tyrion's like, what? Well, yeah. But you got her, and he's like, she's going to be with me. Like, we're, what are you, dumb? Yeah, he's like, are you are you bored of her? And Oberyn's like, no, dude, she wants a threesome with, like, a hot blonde. So, like, you know any? And Tyrion is like, yeah, I'm married, and I don't whore now. So, unless I want them to be hanged, like, angsty, angst, angst. I, I've been married for, like, a fucking week, and so I have no idea of the whores Until in this he, city. Right. <laughs> like, he's not well-renowned. So, Oberyn abruptly shifts 
talk to the wedding feast. And Tyrion asks, if, are you hungry, my lord? And he says, he has been hungry for years, but not for food. Tell me, when will the justice be served? Mm. Justice. Mm. Rattle their cages. And Tyrion's like, fuck, I knew it. And Tyrion says, there's been no time to look into murders 16 years cold. But should the Dornish help them win the war? Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And we're done with the bullshit over and says. Dwarf. I loved it. Dwarf, spare me your Lannister lies. My brother is not bloodthirsty, but neither is he asleep. I didn't come for a mummer's show of inquiry. I came for justice for Elia and her children, starting with Gregor Clegane, but not, I think, ending there. Before he dies, the enormity that rides will tell me who gave him his orders. Assure your lord father of this. I, I just... Mm. It's, so well, de- it's so well delivered. I love him calling... Tywin out. The enormity that yeah, rides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, It's just... Oberyn, I love him so much. Yeah, Tyrion's like, fuck, fuck. And he tells Tyrion that he's the proof the gods are good. Because while Doran might not be bloodthirsty, I am. And if I was the firstborn, I'd be fucking shit up right now. He'd have the whole fucking Doran army just rampaging everything. Everything. So Tyrion looks behind him and he's like, I only see 300 men. You look behind me in this city, there's about half a million. Many of them Tyrells. So, and Oberyn's like, eh, all flowers bow before the sun. Yes. And should they hinder me in any way, I'll gladly trample them underfoot. And like Tyrion, Willis? As you did Willis Tyrell? Willis? Nah. Love this. I shared a letter with Willis just last year. We he, holds no, he holds no hard feelings. It was a well-struck blow. And honestly, the blame lies on his fat oaf of a father for trying to fucking shove him into something too early. His leg him... got caught up in the stirrup, and they they share a taste for horse flesh. Does that mean that the Dothraki might? Is that anything that they might be hooking up with the Dothraki? Because they all are just a little a little tie, like a little hint at anything. You think? No. Okay, fine. Um, I love that they're cool though. Like, right. there's no beef here, even though that's all we've been told is that like, oh yeah, right. he was crippled by the 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 fucking red, the Prince of Dorne, and it, it was bad. But like, nah, like even Willis was like, yo, it was a well struck blow, and right like, I just chest. had no idea what I was doing, and so, fucking yeah, fuck you, Mace Tyrell, and, and I just I just love that subversion of like nah right. we we talked out we're pen pals dude like we're chit-chatting and then Tyrion switches gears and says that some say Loras is fantastic at the lists even better perhaps than Leo Longthorn Oberon once again Pfft, nah what Mm-mm. Renly's little rose <laughs> doubt it and Tyrion's like doubt it killed? all you like who's he killed huh and- yeah, he asks that, and so Tyrion says he's he's slain Sir Robar Royce and Emin Kui 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 Kui. All right, all right. You and perform prestigious feats besides Renly's ghost at the Blackwater, and over and laughs. He's here. like, wait, were those men that he slain? Were they? Did they all- see the ghost too? They all saw the feats and the ghost at the same time. Like, it's <laughs> all, all right, all right, okay, all right, okay. And, and Tyrion's the... like, yeah, all right. Shataya on the Street of Silk should have the girls to fit your needs. 
I'd advise you to keep one at your side at all times, my lord. And Oberyn's like, at all times? Why is that, my good imp? And Tyrion says, you wanted to die with a breast in your hand, you said. And then he canters ahead as he's had his fill of the Dornish wit. Again, you you got bested in this verbal sparring match because all you had to go on was Loris Tyrell. And you're coming away like, oh, yeah, fuck this. You're probably going to die here. So it and to end that the chapter there, he he dies fighting for. Tyrion, which is the funny thing, right? Like he does end up in that, not no breast in hand. Yeah, but. he thinks uh, Joffrey should have fucking come in, which is another interesting point of how great of a person Tyrion is. Is like, let's bring the little racist out here. He should have been here to like just fucking go at this guy. Right. And then he's like, actually, I want to be there when those two meet because that'll be at least interesting and funny. And then that's yeah, the chapter end. Um, Oberyn Martell, a thousand, the Lannisters zero. He he's already you know coming in hot into this fucking city like a meteor, which I think, as much as I love Pedro Pascal, not a criticism of him. I think the show did a misstep by kind of cutting to where like he was already in the city. I really think they should have done this because this scene's intense. It's such a good introduction. Him having. Nine of the most powerful Dornish lords behind him is an intense display of, like, yeah, we're here to fuck shit up. Like, right. plain and simple. But let's convene our small council and get some inductees. What up? Welcome to the small council. You're here, too. Tell your father that I'm here. I just love Oberyn, dude. I know, you do. You're going to be a fucking a stupid bitch when he dies, so like, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it now. I like Oberyn, too. I'm just a realist. Like, I can't keep getting attached every time just to break my own heart, okay? Fuck. Who's your inductee? Mine is Willis, because I can give it to my main man, because he is already inducted. Uh, by one of our listeners. So, Willis Tyrell, because that discovery of the pen pal correspondence is one of my favorite little reveals that George did of like, now we're good, bro. Like, it's all good for those two. They don't give a shit. They both enjoy horse flesh. That's cool. So, Willis. Nice. Willis is a good dude. So, I really want to give it to one in particular, but I'm not going to because we'll do something else for him. And so I'm going to continue going with uh, Lady Blackmont Ooh, uh, just yeah. because she's such a fucking bad bitch coming up in here. She's like, I'm done with this, this, whatever this is. And you have gross people here coughing, spreading their <clears> COVID. <throat> and let's let's go. Let's just let's move it along. Get into done this shithole city. And I really like that a lot. So Black, Lady Blackmont. Black, Black, Blackmont. Black Black Mond. Black Mond. So we did get an inductee from Kristen, and Kristen sent us a great email, uh, feeling saying that she felt like this whole Oberyn story about little baby Tyrion was a little more heartwarming in the show. More of like a, hey, I thought you were going to be monstrous, and you weren't, and that's cool. But in the book, it's a little darker, and she likes that. And so she says she has to take the easy way out. Because she has to induct Oberyn, not only for his badass introduction, but for his history that Tyrion recounts. Studied dark arts, studied to be a maester for a while, joined a sellsword company, formed his own sellsword company, bisexual king. Seriously, we deserve more of Oberyn Martell, so I might have to induct him at every opportunity until we tragically lose him. If you don't, Zach will. Uh, that, I, I got your back, because it breaks my heart every single time. 
but we can enjoy him while we have him because Oberyn is literally yep. one of the coolest fucking characters in the entire series. So thank you, Kristen. And that's a great running theme anyway with us making sure we get characters inducted before they go dying off on us. True to ask. So next we also did get a write-in from Amanda for this one, and sh- I'm also going to read her Jamie that she got a little late. That's okay. But we record on weird times, so we get it. I'll read her Jamie. Okay, fine. I wanted to read it, but fuck you. So her inductee for Tyrion yep. is Alaria Sand. No particular reason mm-hmm. other than she just seems super cool and I want to be her friend. That's all the reason you need for Alaria Sand. Because she's a fucking badass. Like, to be the paramour of the Red Viper, you got to be a badass bitch. And I imagine that Oberyn wants a powerful woman, doesn't want some meek, you know, I'm going to just be able to order her around and fucking throw her around type girl. One that will fight back and right. be like, nah, fuck you. Like, fuck that shit. So, Alaria Sand's a badass bitch. Word. So, she also got in her Jamie 5, and so she said, Ooh, uh, On her Tyrion inductee, she did request that somebody gets pod in so that we can get them that boy some glasses. Uh, we can set up a donation fund so that we can get pod Go fund some, me Since we pod. didn't get him as an inductee. So, we'll get that going. So, for Jamie, she says, I'm late giving my inductee. Whoops. But I'm going to tell you guys anyway. My inductee is Elmar Frey. I know Elmar was kind of a dick to Arya, but I just imagine he is a scared little kid who was taken from his family during a war. And since Arya left, he was probably forced to deal with Roose's leeches. Poor kid. So, quick reminder that Elmar was Roose's cupbearer in the Jamie chapter. And yeah, uh, I, I like that spotlight on Elmar because while he adds to the creepy image of Roose being served only by a single cupbearer, he's just a little kid too, man. And he's yeah. literally like, having to stand next to the Lord of Darkness in <laughs> this immense emptiness that is Heron Hall's Hall of Hearths. So Elmar deserves a good little safe, cozy right. spot to chill. So we'll welcome Elmar Frey into the Brotherhood. That's Thank you, really Amanda. Good, yeah. We appreciate all your inductees and your well-worded thoughts in your emails. And if you would like to write in like Kristen, like Amanda, like the past write-ins, you know, Karen and uh, uh, just... I just had a brain fart. I'm sorry. Kristen? Uh, yeah, well, I said Kristen. Oh. Uh, Julian, and even the Silent Sisters. Woo! All sorts, you know, anybody, right? And we have our email, withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash brotherhoodpodcast. Our website will direct you wherever you wish to find us, hey. brotherhoodwithout.com. And we have our Patreon. That's the last one I wanted to mention, patreon.com slash withoutmanners. Don't forget that we will be recording Aria 7 next and get your induct for that, yeah. followed by John. I don't know what number off the top uh, of my Followed head. by Bran. Pardon, Bran, and then John. Bran. Bran. And then Three. John, yeah. Then John, Queen's then Crown. Daenerys, and then it will be Arya 8. High heart with a guest. Who we've announced is Chloe from Girls Gone Canon. Get so make sure you're following hype. them and get prepared. It's going to be a great time. Get prepared. Get fucking hype. Don't get prepared. Get hype. All right, don't. Get fucking hype. Okay. Get you don't... hype. He's hype. It's Chloe. Valor de Harris. Peace.